This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The issue of mail-in voting has been challenged by President Trump in recent weeks as the expectation, he says, is that more people will use this avenue to vote in the November election and there could be a level of fraud. The only problem is that some of the data doesn't suggest any significant issues. Mark Meredith is an assistant professor in the political science department at the University of Pennsylvania, and he has studied this area for many years and joins us right now to discuss what he has found out over time. Mark, great to talk with you. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, good to talk to you, Dan. So let's lay this out. Obviously, the president has concerns. You've looked at this for a long, long time. What level of concern should or should not there be about mail-in voting? We should have very little concern about about mail-in voting. Uh, the rate of, of voter fraud in the United States is exceedingly rare. It's exceedingly rare whether people vote in person, uh, whether they vote by mail. Uh, and so especially given our current circumstances where, where some people just don't feel comfortable voting uh, in a polling place because of COVID, uh, it's particularly important that we, we make mail ballots accessible to them so that they can, they can participate in the election. So and there's a lot of conversation about the, the differences or, or not between absentee and mail-in voting. Functionally, are there differences between the two? No, different states use different words to label their system. Uh, some people use the term absentee voting to refer to a broader set of of ways of voting, uh, including uh, early in-person voting. Some states group that under the heading of absentee voting, too. But there is, there is some differences in states that use um, vote-by-mail systems, uh, and these are states like Oregon and Washington that essentially require people to vote by mail. Often there's a maybe a way that you can still turn your ballot in in person. Mm-hmm. So there, there are some functional differences in, in vote-by-mail states and, and states for which they have in-person election day voting still as an option. But the distinction between mail ballots and absentee ballots and other, other phrases that people may use really aren't that important. What about the, the the concern that's also been brought up about the post office handling a large volume of ballots? I, I mean, obviously they're used to carrying a lot of different pieces of mail each and every day. The post office is a really interesting element that's been that's been added recently to um, the general the general chaos around this election. Um, the some of the new policies that have been instituted by the post office. Uh, include directives that, that that are attempting to cut costs by ensuring people start their their mail routes um, in a timely way and trying to reduce the amount of overtime people might have to pay. And one one byproduct of this is people are being directed to start their start their mail routes um, even if their truck isn't fully loaded for the day yet, and and just they'll come back and get the mail uh, presumably the next day that that didn't make it onto the truck and. I think there is concern, especially given the, the short time frame that people may have to then request their mail ballot, have it sent to their house, get it back to the election officials about how that might affect people's ability to return ballots and in, in the time they need to in order for them to count in the election. Uh, in terms of the midterm election back in 2018, I saw that there were there were a decent amount of mail-in ballots for that as well. Absolutely. I think in some states, 
uh, a majority of the ballots were cast in 2018 by mail. And, you know, at the extreme, you have a state like Oregon, where just about 100 percent of the ballots were cast um, by mail. And, and then you have some other states um, uh, that have less permissive policies about mail ballots, or, or maybe it was more like 1 percent. And so right. you really you really have the range from almost all the votes being cast in person on Election Day in, in some states like Kentucky and Mississippi in 2018 to the other extreme of Oregon and Washington, where they conduct, they conducted that, that election almost entirely by mail. So for those states that, that do primarily by mail, what is the what has been the thought process of using that route in, instead of more traditional methods? I think there's a variety of reasons why they, they gravitated to mail elections. I think one thing that you can do if you conduct elections almost entirely by mail is potentially cut costs because if you if you move to a system like Oregon and, and Washington that, that they have, you don't have to staff um, uh, polling places. And so that, that if you move to that sort of system, you might be able to run elections cheaper. Um, I think there was a belief when they first started doing this that this might dramatically increased turnout. I don't think that has has actually borne out. There, 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 there are probably some some small increases in turnout that that they've uh, achieved by doing this, but that hasn't been massive, at least in, in things like presidential elections. I think they may have made it easier for people to participate in local elections and primary elections uh, this way. Um, but I think I think that different people have different rationales for why they've they've preferred mail votes. Well. And then I guess then is that the question in terms of moving forward of the use of mail vote uh, is just the fact that uh, in many cases it's it's easier, but you still have to go through the process of, of basically requesting the mail-in ballot, correct? Well, not in a state like Oregon or Washington, you don't. You just get the mail-in ballot sent to you. And I think that is probably the reason why you get higher turnout in things like local elections there. Is um, is the ballot maybe acts as a form of advertisement that the election is happening, and you might not even realize it's happening during the ballot. And so, I think that's probably why you can, uh, through a mail ballot system, um, in in less salient elections, increase turnout. I don't think there's that many people who are unaware that we're going to have an election uh, for president in November. And so, I think that that effect probably goes away. From uh, uh, from getting the mail ballot, that, that, that people are aware um, uh, everywhere about this election. But it is true that in most states right now, if you want a mail ballot, uh, most people uh, will have to put in a request to receive that. What's true though is that in some states they have, for example, a, a yearly list. And so if you requested a mail ballot for for your your, your primary election, for example. You may already be on the list to to get it for the general election. That's something that happens at least here in here in Pennsylvania. But everyone needs to look up their own state policy and, and not just assume that they're going to get a ballot just because they got one before, but but make right. sure that's going to happen. There there also are some of the court cases that have been going on recently, especially at the state level, uh, about different aspects of whether or not doing mail in balloting would be would be legal. Correct. That's right. That there's there's some states right now that do not permit everyone to get uh, a mail ballot. Um, it was content, a contentious issue in Texas, for example, with their recent runoff election. 
there was a lot of legal back and forth, but the, the end the end finding of this court battle was that the, the existing law would stay in place, and that only allows people currently age 65 and older to for sure be able to cast the mail ballot. Uh, some people younger may have, have an excuse that's valid, but uh, you know, that's an example of a state where only people above a certain age are, are able to use a mail ballot, and there's a number of other states that have, have, have similar policies to that besides, besides Texas. And then you have lots of other states including Pennsylvania, where uh, now anyone who wants to can request a mail ballot. And and you've been involved and called in in some of these cases, including one in Oklahoma that was looking to make it a requirement to have ballots notarized? So there's been a requirement that that existed um, for a while now that if you want to to cast a mail ballot, that your, your mail ballot envelope has to be um, for most people, has to be notarized. Um, the, the Oklahoma Supreme Court had ruled back in the in the spring that in a time of COVID that that was violating uh, people's right to vote. That it was too burdensome, and and so there's been uh, some some legislative action there, and followed by some legal action about about what exactly um, people in Oklahoma would have to do in order to validate their identity uh, when when casting. Uh, a, a mail ballot, and this is still, you know, still, still pending litigation that hasn't been resolved yet. But, pro- but probably, Mark, the larger question, I guess, going into this election is for those people that do want to go to the polls and, and cast their vote, is making sure that they can do so safely. Absolutely, um, I, I believe today is National um, Poll Worker Day. I think I, I think I saw that online. Okay. And, 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 and so, for those of you who want to uh, go out and. Uh, do something good for democracy. I think there's probably nothing more important than people can be doing right now than to sign up to be a poll worker if you're someone who feels safe doing that. Um, you know, what's true about our poll workers is that uh, typically they're they're quite old. Uh, a lot of them are over the age of 65 yeah. uh, or, you know, even significantly older than that. And so um, we're, we're having trouble getting enough poll workers right now for the fall. And so you know, in order to make it so that people have the ability to, to vote in person and vote safely, uh, we just need to make sure we're getting enough poll workers. And, you know, I think some places are really are struggling to be able to make that happen. My mom was a poll worker for over a decade. And she so we, we've seen this firsthand. It's an it's an important volunteer volunteer element that you can give. Mark, great to talk to you as always. Thanks for your very much for your insight. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ben. Thank you. Mark, uh, Mark Meredith, Assistant Professor in the Political Science Department at the University of Pennsylvania. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.